listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 82, Turtles and Dwarfs. Enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie, Rosie and, and Jessica's, Jessica's Day of Fun. Fun. Ah, yeah. Hello. It is episode 82. I know that now. Yes. How's the kitchen? I counted all of them. It's finished! Yay! Yay! Is it a delight and a dream? Have you been taking advantage of your kitchen? Cooking? Getting to organise some cupboards? No and no. I still need to put everything back into the kitchen and I haven't really had a chance to cook. Can I come and do that? I'll alphabetise your herbs. Sure. What are you doing on Friday? Alphabetising your herbs. Oh my god. We can wear matching blazers. We we don't have matching blazers. Oh god, we're going to bring matching blazers. Both in blue blazers! (laughs) And, and has that been kind of still taking up your time? Or have you had other fun activities? Because last time we recorded, you you were mainly sort of living in squalor. I say squalor, I mean you had a pantry in your living room. Yeah, I have a pantry. The pantry is still in my living room. I kind of like the shelves. That Yeah, that's been most of my time. So that's, you know, coming along. Done anything nice? Pretty Little Lies is back. Pretty Little Lies is back. I've watched the first episode of season seven. How is that treating your brain? It fine. It's fine. Speaking of brains, I have been watching a lot of iZombie. Really enjoying it. And Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is now on Netflix. <gasps> yes, Crazy oh. Ex-Girlfriend. Um, I watched the first episode of that. It's very enjoyable. Best Corbina. Gilmore Girls is also now on Netflix in preparation for their new episodes in the autumn. So excited. Because they're doing four seasons because it's winter, spring, summer and fall. All you gotta do is call. Oh, I just got that. And she does the theme tune. She's the theme tune. Right, the theme tune. I don't know if I'll be watching all of the Gilmore Girls. Like, no. I've seen all of it before from start to finish, and there are something. I just, I don't need to watch every episode. Obviously, I will just quickly skim through and watch Luke pushing Jess into the lake. I've never had anyone use beaked as a verb before. I will, I will watch Jess get beaked by a swan. Basically, any interaction between Jess and Luke. Season two is what you're saying. Yeah, so I'm going to watch season And no two. one needs season seven because it's not written by the show in Paladinos. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what have I been watching? I feel like I've been watching loads of something, but I don't remember what, which is a bad sign. Also, our country has screwed up the world. You're all very welcome. Oh, yeah, that happened since we recorded. I was trying to, trying to think what had happened. Bad times for a change! <laughs> like, it was, everyone is entitled to vote how they want. That is the point of voting in democracy. But they did vote wrong. The day of the referendum, I should stand up that evening for the first time in five years. And I got a haircut. You've been sitting down for five years? <laughs> Pretty much, actually. You know my lifestyle. Um, and so I was nervous about lots of things. And then I got two hours sleep because I stayed up to watch the horror start and then woke up really early. Error. Because I felt a disturbance in the force. And I was hungover. Uh, <laughs> just been through my receipts from that night. Lord. <laughs> Again, error. <laughs> and then uh, I was sad. I didn't know what to do. And because I'd been awake for so long, I was like, oh, maybe I get a pizza. It's lunchtime. I'll get a pizza. It was nine in the morning. <laughs> uh, didn't get a pizza. I got one actually at lunchtime. And then my friend Arma came over and we watched a Bollywood film together. And for a start, those go on for seven years. So, and it's, you cannot yes. be sad watching a Bollywood romance. So it was like a really big, like a good three hour chunk of not, hating the world and then he left and I was like oh we've we've screwed the pooch we've really screwed the pooch on this one (laughs) Uh, so don't if you are a British listener 
And now is not the time to start paying to our Patreon because it's in dollars, so it has become a lot more expensive for you. (laughs) Whoops! Don't blame me, I voted for Kodos. Yeah, so that's mainly been fun. I spent the whole week just looking at Twitter going, what new horror awaits me now? And the Chilcott report's out on Wednesday. Chilcott report's out on Wednesday. I read an article on um, the BBC website the other week, last week, a few days ago, a couple of days ago. Shut up. Anyway, about seven things you may have missed during Brexit coverage. The liberation of Fallujah. Um, (laughs) After after ISIS had occupied it for two years. I cannot think what country it was off the top of my head, but somewhere in South America has reached a peace treaty, which sort of peace agreements between the government and the guerrillas who have been like in turmoil for like several decades. All sorts of exciting and grand and important things had happened. And none of us had any idea. No. So, so no, they, they've liberated Fallujah. What? I mean, I didn't even know that. Meanwhile, the Australian election, they were counting all the votes, but they stopped on Saturday and are restarting tomorrow. When you say they have to count all the votes, they have to count all the votes. Oh my god. It is so cl- It is even closer than Leave Remain. Oh yeah, but also everyone has voted. Yeah, firstly, they have compulsory voting, i.e. the best. And when they elect their second house, their, their upper house. Is that like the prefects? Yes, for the junior common room. You can just do it by parties, or you can do basically preferential voting for all of the people in the Senate. So you put them in order of preference from oh, one wow. to a hundred and whatever. Not even a top five. Not even a top five. Uh, <sighs> friends of the podcast, uh, Bridie and Caitlin, are Australians. And they live in this country, so they had their voting papers over here. And it was like a lining roll. Just, <laughs> off it goes. Here you go, start numbering. Uh, I mean, try, can you imagine trying That's to do that? That's so much research. Yeah, I, mean, I think you can largely do it based on their, politi- their party affiliation. And then I think some people are notorious for being absolute tubes. Oh, I love democracy. And because it's compulsory, election day is like this huge thing. Um, and people have like sort of they have balloons and barbecues and dogs and the hashtag <laughs> auto emoji thing on Twitter was a piece of white bread with a hot dog sausage yeah, on it. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't yeah, it's like, like is the is the voting? Uh, it's a sausage emoji. <laughs> it's it's a hot dog, but on a on a piece of white bread. Because that's what they do. Like you go at the at the polling booths. They have people doing sort of a rudimentary barbecue affair. So you get your sausage in a piece of. That is amazing. And they were like, hmm, what sums up democracy? I know. A small representation of a sausage. Of of an idiosyncratic Australian. I just love it. I mean, Australia has some political issues, i.e. their absolutely terrible approach to immigration. (laughs) That is shocking. That is inhumane. But on the other hand, they do other things really well, like voting. yeah, that's that's our fault as well. But fairy bread is difficult to represent in uh, emoji form. That is true. If you handed me a slice of fairy bread right now, I would eat it. I've got no white bread in the house. No need to advise. No, this is such an error. Uh, I don't actually have any hundreds and thousands. But I don't think I've got any hundreds and thousands. I've got I've got those pirate sprinkles we got in our stockings yes. from Father Christmas. Maybe I could use those. To you make could use those. Pirate fairy bread, like a children's birthday party theme mashup. So I did some stand-up. Went really well. Thanks very much. Good. Uh, I'm last, but okay. Well, I know. <laughs> it, was, it was good fun. Then I got my first Uber, which I ordered by accident. 
How do you accidentally order an Uber? I was trying to find out the price. Oh, I see. <laughs> and then I got a text saying, your Uber's here. And it was actually perfectly timed. So I thought, yes, my Uber is here now. <laughs> Let's go with this. I'm going to go home. And I Quick did... question. Was it being driven by um, Donna from... Oh, my God. Parks and Recreation? No. See, I have been in an Uber, but I never ordered one before. I've still never intentionally ordered Same. one. Same. Uh, but uh, when we were in Boston with Dame Margaret, we got in one that was basically... Yeah, Donna Meagle from Parks and Rec. I went to Ronnie Scott's for my friend Kat's birthday. I love Ronnie Scott's. Yes, I had a cocktail called the Champagne Socialist. Well, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, it was oh, it was delicious. It was raspberries and Ooh, champagne. Lovely. And then we went to Be at One and I met my first ever drag queen and she was perfect. Well, I went to Be at One yesterday. Oh, I went the day after Pride. So Soho was still very pridey. Yeah. Proud. That's the word. Still very proud. But I will have to say, Westminster Council did a tremendous job of cleaning up after Pride. You wouldn't know. Well, yeah, you wouldn't know that there'd been a huge parade. There was, like, the bunting and things. Oh, yeah, there's... I they mean, ha- they hadn't said them. farewell to Mr. Bunting yet. <laughs> but the bunting was around, and everyone was still sort of out and celebrating. But no, you could, you would never know how many people had been out for an actual parade. I don't know if you've ever walked down Old Compton Street uh, at 10 o'clock on the evening of Pride. Oh, my gosh. I mean... Can I mean, you walk? Well, you can sort of pick your way across it. Oh, I thought you... Uh, is it, it's not crowded, it's just full of... Oh, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not crowded. I mean, it's pop- very, very busy. But the- but you don't have to, like, um, elbow people. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse, you know, it's not that, that, but you do have to kind of pick your way across, like, broken beer bottles, like, not glass, but, like, you know, all those plastic pint glasses yeah. and, like, people dinner and there's beer everywhere and... Oh, I spilled beer all over my duvet on Saturday. Which really, when you've done that, <laughs> your problem is not that you have a wet duvet. Your problem is the fact that you were drinking beer in bed. And the, actually, you put it on your bedside table and then knocked it off your bedside table onto your bed with uh, oh, the oh. yarn you were using to knit a badger. Wow. Wow. Uh, bad times <laughs> change. And there's like broken glass and confetti and brightness everywhere. And... Yeah, and at Pride too. Um yeah, about I knocked a cup of tea onto the floor the other day because I I hadn't realised uh, as I was leaving to go to the work that I hadn't actually quite finished the cup I had made earlier. Mm-hmm. And as I picked up my literally as I picked up my handbag to leave the house, my handbag strap swung and hit the cup and flung it across the floor. Oh no! <laughs> and then, um, and, but because I was on my way out, like trying to get out of the house, then it, everything soon became very very difficult. Then I fell over a chair, which is when they started to like, what is happening? I just want to go out. That's my life. Basically, we voted to leave the EU and everything's gone to, gone to pot. Yeah, that's what happened, yeah. Jessica, shall we discuss the semi-finals of the Great British Sewing Bee briefly? Yes, let's. I don't remember what happened at all. It was about patents. Um, and they yes, had it was. To, yes, it uh, they was. Had a, their pattern challenge, so it, was, it was about complicated patterns and pattern drafting. Yes. So their first challenge was a, a skirt inspired by modern Japanese draping trends, I believe. Which that was sounds about right. Yes. Very, very complicated, and it, it had... had curves sewn into other curves. Yes, and it was very peculiar. And I, I mean, I didn't really care for the skirt itself. Then the next thing was that they got given a duvet set. Oh yes, using a, du- a duvet and a pillowcase, and using the pillowcase and a child size mannequin, they could. Um, oh, so it was actually a half size mannequin, so it's still. I apologize. Adult shaped. But very, very small. So using, yes, using the pillowcase and the half-size mannequin, they draped the, the it into a dress 
and then they had the duvet to do the full size version and they had to use all of the fabric there could be no wastage there could be no wastage and they had to turn the duvet into a dress and charlotte made this amazing like one sleeve draped yeah very very fashionable and it was a sort of checker almost like maths textbook paper maths yes. exercise yeah. paper graph paper that's the one. She made that. I did not care for Tracy's very much, but they seemed to like it. It had all these pleats the, in. Oh, the skirt and top. Yeah. Joyce's was a kind of big square poncho thing. Which I was... can't even remember Joyce's. I like Jade's um, sort of one-shouldered yeah. dress. Because it was, it was the most simple, but it was also probably the most wearable. Yeah. Uh, and then the final uh, thing was that they... There's, it's not a showstopper, is it? whatever they call it <laughs> uh yeah the, the no i can't remember what they call that challenge well that'll come to us we'll put it in the show notes yeah the the final challenge was that they had to have designed their own pattern from a block yes which i assume is something you know more about well i would call a block a, well I, I think it was a block is a pattern with no seam allowance on it but it's um basically they had a very a basic bodice mm-hmm. block and then they had to alter it to make a dress yes. correct they had a, a skirt that went with it so the basic bodice block is um like a, a round neck sleeveless bodice with darts in it and it's very very plain you use that as a starting point to as they did to make uh, anything you like really and they were making day dresses specifically they're, that's right they're making day dresses so even if you're drafting something that would look nothing like a sleeveless high neck round neck like plain top you can you start you start with that and then you put your your Mm -hmm. shape onto it and you can put more darts in and you can extend things and you can move things around and you can obviously change the neckline and stuff is very easy you use the basic measurements involved in that it's all kind of mathematical and um involves rulers and set squares and cross and dot paper and looked far too complicated for my taste now tracy went home Yes. She seemed like an early contender to win, I have to say. She did really well in early weeks. So I was surprised she didn't make the final. Yeah, of the of the four of them, though, I think really it could have... They were pretty evenly matched. Yeah. And I really liked the design of her final dress, because it was very 50s. Yeah. Um, But I didn't really care for her fabric choices at all. No, I didn't like the fabric choices. Whereas the other ones were much more wearable, I thought. And it is the final tonight. It is. I'm very excited. So of Charlotte, Jade and and Joyce, who do you think? I think Charlotte. I think probably Charlotte. I think, for me, the likelihood is Charlotte, then Jade, then Joyce. But as we've seen with any of them, they're all very, very good. Yes. It could kind of go either way. So by the time this episode uh, comes out on Wednesday, you will know. And we will probably look like damn fools. Well, we'll tune in tonight, see if any of them totally baking James it. Oh, God. He now just tweets a lot about brewing beer and how much he hates Jeremy Corbyn. Awkward. Good times for change. <laughs> Jessica, what's your song? My song is Just What I Need by Rufus King, uh, as featured in the soundtrack to Bring It On, which I mentioned in the show a couple of episodes ago, but it wasn't my featured song. Okay. So now it's my featured song. Excellent. Top fives. Top fives. This week, happily remembered by Jessica, because I couldn't remember what we decided to do. Enjoy your there. <laughs> you know when you just can't stop yeah. them. Just... I've turned my video off. What Jessica doesn't know is that I'm now sitting here dressed as a panda. <laughs> a nude panda. That doesn't make any sense. All pandas are nude. Not all pandas are nude. Some of them wear little outfits. Yeah, that's true. And they do that thing where they're trying to get them to breed where they put them in sexy lingerie. <laughs> Why would they do that? 
There is no proof in the animal kingdom. You don't see tigers sort of putting on little camisoles. Well, we don't see them do that for sure. The, yeah, that we know of. <laughs> it's like the time I, I claimed that cats never played it's a knockout and Nicola said that, we, you know, are you sure? Top five magical people. Fictional brackets. <laughs> Not okay, just... Orig- originally, just to, as, as we always do, refresh our memories of, uh, of who might need to appear on the list. Uh, I typed in uh, magical fictional characters and then realised, of course, I probably didn't need the fictional part. <laughs> I don't know. I know some people who are pretty damn magic. But are they characters, though? I'm a real character. Yeah, I've said that about you all the time. In the, To quote Jeremy Hardy, it would be better if I were fictional. <laughs> not I. I can't remember who he's talking about. I pro- probably not you. No. Yes, these are the fictional characters who use magic and whom we like. And yes. I'm going first. Off you go then. Oh lord, am I? Number one. Oh, how many crossovers? Uh, I'm going a solid... Uh, definitely one, possibly two. I think three. Oh lord. Okay. Mm, two or three. I reckon my honourable mentions are pretty much going to mop up all of the overspill though. Number one. Number one. Granny Weatherwags. Granny Weatherwags. Obviously. Nearly went for Nanny Og because I think I like her more. But if you're going for people who are using magic, we're not going for sort of top five favourite drunken fun people. (laughs) (laughs) We're going for magic users. And Granny Weatherwags uses magic super well. Super well. She's in charge. She knows what she's doing. (sighs) Love her. Great stuff. From Discworld, obviously. 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 Number two. Hermione Granger. Hermione Granger. Um, when we talked about fictional schools, and I said I, I just thought I nearly didn't include Hogwarts because it just fell a little rote. And Hermione, I am enjoying how basically Tumblr has reclaimed her. The internet has really rehabilitated yes. her in recent years because we've realised uh, I think the upswell in the popularity of feminism, especially amongst young people, uh, has really helped her, especially in reclaiming her as a person of colour. And she's great, and clearly that story should be about her. And I am beginning to find it incredibly fascinating that J.K. Rowling wrote a book from the perspective of a boy. That is now something I think about a lot. And while like, the villains are men, the mentors are men, there's a lot about masculinity when it should be about Hermione. And she's really good at magic. And if she hadn't done those dumb boys' homework, there's that Toast article, <laughs> R.O.P., about what would have happened if she hadn't done their homework for them. And they would have learned a lot of life lessons. They would have learned a lot of life lessons. Number three. Number three. Nanny McPhee. Good choice. Jessica this week said, why can't we make Emma Thompson Prime Minister? She'd sort everything out. I've been saying this for months. And Nanny McPhee is that, but with magic. I love Emma Thompson. She's great. And I like Nanny McPhee very much. Uh, I I had originally put Nanny McPhee slash Mary Poppins because they were going to be honourable mentions. Because I'd written a list and then started doing research and then obviously had to rejig everything. Nanny McPhee is is obviously basically uh, a sort of Mary Poppins, but I think she's slightly better. And she's Emma Thompson. Obviously, I love Julie Andrews. Number four. Number four. Sorry, I'm just having a rethink. I'm just having a rethink. Yeah, no, I'm going to do this rethink. Willow Rosenberg. Strong. Strong. Obvious. Great. Love her. Especially early seasons. I mean, I know then, originally she wasn't really a witch, but when she's still kind of cute and geeky and awkward and discovering magic. Yeah. And then uh, sort of season two. And then the whole of the plot of season two hinges on a floppy disk. Ah! I know. It's amazing. And the fact that it's fallen down the side of the filing cabinet. (laughs) Once again, a simple plot that could be tied up just through using cloud storage. And number five. Number five. Eglantine Price. 
Oh my god, what an amazing suggestion. Yeah. You know, not just for the fact that she has inspired my desire to have a, a library with a ladder you can swing around <laughs> But she's Angela Lansbury and some dumb man who was like, yeah, this is magic, but it's not real. The Wizard of Oz, I'm looking at you. And then she's like, oh, it is real because I'm incredible. She's like, oh, I, I made it work. What do you mean you made it work? It's pretend. It was a con. I was trying to make money out of it. Well, no, I did the spell and it, like, magic happened. Also, I thwarted the Nazi invasion, so Eglantine Price. Ah, bobbing Eglantine, along. Eglantine, Eglantine. That da, film da, da. is flawless, except for the incredibly tedious football game scene. Oh, uh, yeah. Jessica, your top five. My top five. Number one, Sabrina Spellman. And I suppose honourable mentions for the aunts as well. And Salem. And Salem true because he is also a witch although he can't currently practice magic what with being temporarily a cat temporarily temporarily only only for a hundred years you know that's what happens when you try and take over the world anyway this is not about salem that's what happened to bobunk uh, i like that we get to go on her little becoming a witch journey oh, that's nice. although as we said it because it you know the first episode and i'm talking obviously about the melissa joan hart television series here we you know first episode starts on her 16th birthday when she gets her powers and off we go and like hey we'll discover with you and uh although as we discussed in previous episode it did not need to last quite as long as it did anyway never mind moving on number two hermione granger yeah my list uh is specifically people who do general magic anyone who has like a gift mm-hmm. or they get like one trick a couple of them are maybe making honorable mentions but i've just gone for general witchiness and originally i was thinking maybe i'll just put the people who are good at magic so hermione is obviously the best person at magic like ron, ron and harry they're they're just not very good number three number three mildred hubble yes revisit previous statement about people who are good at magic being on the list mildred is literally the worst witch quite literally but she's a good person and she tries <laughs> And she does do magic, so like she is a witch, so she's on the list, obviously. Yeah, A, a for effort, um, C minus for actual attainment. attainment. But she tries. She tries. And actually, to be fair, she does always save the day. We love Mildred Hubble. Number four, Granny Weatherwax. Yeah. Obviously. I like that some of her magic is headology and just kind of... Like in one of the books, she grabs a sword to uh, to save someone and she doesn't have time to for her hand to be cut at the time. So she's like, no, it's fair. So everyone's like, how's oh, your hand okay? And then she deals with it later. Like she's like, okay, I've got time for it now. <laughs> That's an amazing skill. I wish I, on a, about a weekly basis, I think, I wish I could granny weatherwax this and just deal with this when I had time. Such as when I've knocked this tea all over the floor. Yes, exactly. Like I didn't have time for there to be tea. I wish that the cup was currently empty and then like tomorrow morning I will allow the tea to be on the cup and I'll mop it up then. Mm-hmm. That's how that should work. And number five, everyone's favourite original TV witch, Samantha Stevens. Yay! She is great. Now, Samantha Stevens was originally my number five, and then she got booted. Interesting, interesting. But I would like to give you a feminist reading. Please do. Women have to give up their power to become housewives. I mean, I mean. I mean. She's a witch, and they're like, oh, you have to stop being a witch for your stereotypical heteronormative bliss and she's like yeah that's that's a trade-off so i then put samantha steven slash endora and then they both got stuck to honorable mentions because actually endora is i mean costume wise alone oh she's fabulous F- fabulous <laughs> fabulous she is the witch version of martha rogers from castle <laughs> yeah she is except mina oh except mina yeah if it had all gone wrong for martha rogers <laughs> yes my aim in life is to turn into martha rogers but i know that i'm gonna turn into lucille bluth 
<laughs> I don't care for Job. Good bit of a nose wiggle. All good. Can't do it. No, it's alright. Well, neither could she, really. I like that Tabitha doesn't even try. She just she uses her finger to wiggle her nose. That's cute. Honourable mentions? Honourable mentions. Well, on your thing about people who are generally not witchy, but have magic powers or one trick, I have Queen Elsa. I have Queen Elsa for that very reason. Yeah. She's actually the only... As I looked at my list, I thought, oh, I've only, I've only actually got one person because I... I went in a different direction. You know, she was one of the people I thought, who has magic? Queen Elsa has magic. Yeah. Yeah, I also got Samantha Stevens and Endora on my honourable mentions. I have Mr. Majika. Lovely. Well, I have Ms. Wiz. Ms. Wiz, excellent. Who, at the last minute, was swapped out for Willow. She got swapped in and then swapped out again. Ms. Wiz by the, uh, is Terence Blacker, and I absolutely loved those books as a child. Especially because, at the time... I had a primary school teacher called Ms. Todd, and she was the first person I knew who said who called herself Ms. Not Miss. And then yeah. in Ms. Wiz, she calls herself Ms. Not Miss. Even though Miss Wiz kind of rhymes anyway, and that's why. I mean, I probably would have come to this conclusion anyway, but I have been Ms. ever since. And I once made a homemade book on tape of myself reading one of the Ms. Wiz books. I think you've told this story on the podcast before. Oh, have I? Yeah. Sorry, Ellis James is constantly telling on their podcast the story of his sister teaching him the dance to Sweet Dreams My LAX when he was meant to be revising for his <laughs> university exams. And instead, he just kind of had a bit of a minor breakdown and started learning the dance to Sweet Dreams My LAX instead. Um, oh, there's a, wait, there's a set dance to that. Apparently, his sister knew it. I have Jareth the Goblin King. Oh, good choice. The power of voodoo. Voodoo? You do. Uh, the main characters from The Sugar Queen and Garden Spells. Okay. Yeah, I also have Willow Rosenberg in my honourable mentions. I have Mildred Hubble. I have Glinda the Good Witch. Oh, good choice. Alphaba? Oh, I don't have Alphaba. How have we got this far without you mentioning any of the Owen sisters? Oh my god! Oh, it's gone horribly wrong. Oh god, we need to rewrite the entire top five. I mean, even I have Frances and Jet, the aunts from Practical Magic. Someone left it on the porch! Oh, Someone left it on the board. You've been stamping grapes too hard and fallen over. Nope. Oh god, this this that's just so tricky. Can I have a top six? No. If I use magic to make them fit into a top five. No. Okay. Well, Gillian doesn't get to be on the list because she doesn't use magic. I mean, she uses a little bit, but she's rubbish. So really, it should be Sally. Although I really appreciate the fact that you've you've put. Um, I obviously aunts. went to the aunts because I would rather watch the whole film about them. I would happily watch a whole film about oh the aunts. I, I, I have a feeling that there would Diane be no Weist plot. And Stockard Channing drinking tequila and dressing really cool in in like really major hats. <laughs> but there there would be absolutely no plot, and I would be fine with that, and I would watch it for an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, well, you've heard my pitch for my Doctor Who spinoff. There's no plot. Of just them popping into town and talking about the neighbours. Netflix, pick this up. <laughs> oh God, I don't know who to get rid of. I think it's going to have to be Hermione. Okay, well, I I have Hermione, so she's still represented on one of our lists. That's my reasoning. You have Hermione. Don't worry, I've got. I'm having back. Sally. Sally Owens. Well, I'm having Francis and Jet still on my honourable mentions. Although, as Francis and Jet point out, it is difficult to practice magic when you look down your nose at it. But she does come to realise that they are correct. And mainly, I want to be able to light candles by blowing them out. And they all dress up as witches and stand on the roofs, which imply that even uh, what's her sister called? Oh, Gillian does have magic, Gillian... just not as much as... Yeah, but you know, like, you get the impression that maybe she leans into it. Ursula the Sea Witch. 
Good choice. Rinse wind. <laughs> Very good choice. Thanks. I have Regina Mills. And I suppose by extension, M- Emma Swan and all that jazz. Merlin. And I have the Halliwells just as one Very much. Yeah, so. embodiment. Mainly because who can remember all of their names at the same time? It's like when you try and do all of the dwarves. Or all of the Ninja Turtles. Or John Williams themes. <laughs> yes. Well, there's Prue, Piper, Phoebe and Paige. Oh, I did it. Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, Donatello and Raphael. Luigi. Oh, and Raphael. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> Linguini. <laughs> Linguini. <laughs> John Ralphio. <laughs> John Ralphio. Maya Angelou. That's a really good thing I saw on Twitter. Um... Uh, <laughs> Da 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 da. That's Superman. That's Thunderbird, you mad woman. I know, but it like I don't know. Quickly, let's move on. Okay, Doc, sneezy, sleepy, happy, grumpy, dopey, and bashful. I literally do not have that skill. I didn't even have to think about that one. Where did that come from? Patron of the week. This week's patron of the week is Claire. Like Cher, she only needs the one name. Claire always has really good-looking bookshelves. People come over and they just think, not only does this person have impeccable taste, but I feel like I'm in a magazine spread. Those books, they just look so good. And Claire never forgets her cup of tea, leaving it to go cold. She's great like that. Thanks, Claire. Become a patron and receive some custom praise all about you. Visit patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Patron of the week! My song! Rosie, what's your song? It's LA Threshold by Deluxe. Not LAX. No, not Sweet Dreams by LAX by <laughs> Rachel Stevens, to which there is a dance we can all learn. And I keep listening to it, and it's great. Awesome. Jessica, snack! My snack is sour cream and chive quinoa chips, because they are vegan, it turns out, and they're really delicious, and I bought them this week, and I've eaten loads of them. Uh, mine is peaches and Greek yogurt. Lovely. And yes, I did just say quinoa chips. Yeah, I tried to gloss over that. They're really tasty. And they work quite well as croutons if you tip the end of the bag over a salad. Mm-hmm. Things I have found. Needle and fed. fed. Needle and fed. I baked more cookies. Ooh, fabulous. Did you use plain, plain flour this time? I did. They work pretty well. I don't think they're quite as good as last time. Oh, disappointing. Um, Maybe you should go back to using self-raising. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't have. I only have one baking tray. And this time, rather than try and cycle through a baking tray in a roasting tin, I would just take the baking tray out and load it up again and stick it back in, which meant they were always quite hot on the bottom. Right. Because they were automatically sort of the baking Going tray. Going into a hot baking tray. Yes. Yes. But they are delicious and I'm going to eat a thousand. I hope you've made enough. No, I've only made 20. This is going to be oh. difficult. I am now knitting a badger tea cosy. Oh my god. By Lindsay Mudd, who does a, a range of different woodland creature tea cozies. Fabulous. So you knit the tea cozy, and then you knit the little head of the animal, and some like leaves and things, and it, and then... So it looks like he's popping out from the top of the tea yeah. cozy. Yeah, so I've made the badger's head, I've made the tea cozy, I just need to make the leaves, and I also need to buy some little beads for his eyes, which I can sew on it. Does he have make. little paws, or is it literally just his head sticking out? It's just his head sticking out, and on the top of the tea cozy is a little, um, you knit that, you knit the main body of the tea cozy, and then the top of it is in black, so that you can have the leaves and it looks like it's his body, but I'm going to knit him a little arm to be poking out as well, because I think that'll be cute. Yeah. And very easy to do. Very so yeah, it looks like he's sort of climbing out rather than just he's got stuck in there and his head is left. Like he's in a drawstring bag. Well, I do also have a knitting pattern for a tea cozy, which is meant to look like a Hessian bag of flour, and you knit loads of mice poking out of it. 
Oh my god. Uh, so similar to that principle. Um, I've not done much to my little bunny cardigan I'm making, but I have started teaching people to knit. And my friend Emily came over yesterday, and I taught her how to knit, and it went well. Really done, well. Emily. Yeah, she was very good. She's was so neat. I kept thinking about the first time I learned to knit and uh, Odin, who was teaching me, he was just so confused because I'd go from sort of 20 stitches on the first row and then I went down to like 18 and then suddenly we'd go up to 23 and we couldn't work out how I was managing to <laughs> waver. But look how far I've come. Well done you. Thanks. Have you Practice started? makes perfect. No, done literally nothing since last time. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But I have a kitchen now, so, you know, like my oven works. So maybe, maybe I might make a cake today. I'm probably not going to have so much to do. What have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Oi! Well, this section is now going to be really short every episode from here on in because the toast closed. And it gives us nothing. It gives us nothing. I've been sitting, mean... sitting shiver for it if you want to come over. Okay. There was a festschrift from the dames, which yes. you should probably look up what that means. Um, but it was a celebration of it, which was very good. So from our friends, two bossy dames. But most importantly, one of the final posts on the toast. I mean, strong, strong guesswork. Was by almost certain Democratic presidential nominee, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Because apparently, when she's had a rough day of campaigning, her aides show her the toast to cheer her up. Although, as somebody pointed out, the woman can't operate email properly, yet she reads the toast. (laughs) (laughs) And and she just wrote a really little heartfelt thing about how good it was to have female spaces, and it was just very kind and happy. A collection of writing published in honour of a scholar, a fest shrift. There you go. I would really like one of those, but preferably before I die. It's not, you don't have to be dead. If you love the toast as we do, uh, people have been sharing their favourite articles. Tom Hiddleston is personally undoing all the good work that the If Tom Hiddleston Were Your Boyfriend article implied by having a very bizarre public relationship with Taylor Swift that is just not, don't snog on rocks. It's very bizarre. He was in the sea wearing a I Heart TS tank top. I mean, I would tell him to get oh. in the sea, but he's already there. <laughs> why, why would he have done that? Because... I don't know. Like, no film role is worth it. Good lord. I mean, I'm not one to judge, but seriously, I'm judging. I am one to judge. Judging is my favourite. Good. Imagine if I could have judged Judy-style television programme. With a lacy collar. Just as Ruth Bader Ginsburg has a whole wardrobe of lacy collars. Of course she does. What a babe. We suggested we might do last week, before I'd even edited the podcast... I had made Spotify playlists of our Song of the Week picks. They only currently go back to about episode 40 because of where my archiving starts, but they'll get added to with the first ones um, quite soon, and they'll get updated every episode. So if you'd like to hear what we have picked, you can hear a Rosie playlist and a Jessica playlist. You can also hear a playlist of all the songs we mentioned in last week's top five songs spoken segments, because I'm a genius. Well really cool. <laughs> so you can find those. We're on Spotify. Our username is Rosie and Jessica, and it's linked to in the show notes and will be up on our Twitter uh, again this week um, and has already been posted. So you can find those, subscribe, listen, and share. Come to check us out. I also have another little thing that I have done, which is that a couple of weeks ago I mentioned the sitcom podcast Wooden Overcoats, and I had written a mini episode for them. Their Kickstarter finished last night. Not only did they fund series two, but they reached their stretch goal of a Christmas special, um, which is very exciting. And their celebration for funding season two was to release the second mini episode I wrote, which is called Island of Passion and is a comedy romance novel, which uh, both our parents have told me they listen to. I didn't necessarily need to know that. Make of that what you will. It's a raunchy fun, but not raunchy fun. 
but kind of raunchy fun. And I'm really pleased with it. And it's really funny. It's read by the comedian Tom Tuck. And you can find that for free in all good podcast retailers where you can find the wooden overcoat seed. So, well, good. Oh, I keep meaning to write an outro for this show. Yeah, I'll write it for later. No, that one's rubbish. Bye! To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash ohmygreyhounds. And now you can become a monthly subscriber and support Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun at our Patreon. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Thanks for listening.